Welcome to the Amateur MILF Society, a podcast about the highs and lows of mothering in the modern age. We're your hosts, Rosie and Sinead, and we are just, just trying. trying. Join us on a journey from positive pregnancy test through to school and beyond as we try to entangle all those complicated thoughts and feelings that come when you decide to push a baby out of your vagina. Other birthing methods are available. We are average non-famous mums who live average non-famous lives, although if we get famous we're not complaining, and we will have a festival second only to Gustenbury. Yes. How do you feel about that? Yes. Yes? Yes. What yes, do you reckon? Yes. yes. We're going to have like the, the second best festival in the world. The Big Milf Weekender. The Big Milf Weekender. Yes, please. So it will be like on par with Glastonbury in terms of like bands and events and just stuff going on. There will also be a fleet of nannies. There'll be, yeah, there's going to be a fleet of nannies and a whole section where it's just like a massive cage for children. Okay, that's not that's not the way I was going, but essentially, yes, a massive cage for children. Child catcher can be in charge of that. Yeah. And then we'll have like one massive room that's like a big bed and yeah. like you're not allowed to speak to each other and it's just like true crime. What do you think about that? That's a great idea. I remember I went to Bestival quite a lot of years ago now. And yeah. between the main arena and where we'd erected our tent, yes. there was a huge tent that was just like basically full of pallets with mattresses on oh yeah and the mattresses were like quite thin and quite damp (laughs) but i was so drunk well i think this i think right that someone had given me a spliff sure in the forest it was a white guy with dreadlocks great you're at bestival what else would give you a spliff who offered to give me a massage i was like yeah okay he was like stripped to the waist this seems this seems normal. And I was drunk, so I was like, yeah, okay. Took yeah. my kit off. I, it's quite normal at Bestival to walk around with your boobs out. So I got yeah. a massage and then um, he gave me a bit of this spliff. And I think there was something in it that was not weed. Nice. Because I was convinced that the air was made of water. Okay. Yeah, that could have been, you so, know. So, yes. swam. Okay. Back to my tent. Yeah. And I got a bit tired yeah. halfway back to my tent. And I just laid down in this tent, this tent full of beds beautiful and kind of stared at the ceiling for a bit well let me tell you Sinead and then I slept on the grass outside my own tent beautiful oh god to be young again I know um, at our um, great big MILF weekender there, there will be no white dreadlocked men <laughs> giving us spliffs the people giving us spliffs will be like uh, s- people that are better than that I'm trying to think <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better alternative it'd be like shall we have the entire cast of like magic Mike? serving a spliff oh, no, on mate. No, that's no, not my type. no that's not my type at all it'd have to be like rock rock boys wouldn't it tattooed yeah, or, rock boys or I will take like a, a mustachioed Tom Selleck okay like an older man yeah sure okay yeah like an older mustached man in a nice suit to look after me he's gonna look after you so he's gonna be that guy when I get really drunk he has to like carry me and yeah. tuck me in. Yeah, yeah. Like, so uh, this is the only good thing about this boyfriend that I had. The one good thing. The rest... I thought you were about to say this it. is the one good thing about Dave. No, no, no. This Dave... boyfriend that I have. <laughs> no, no, no. This is like an ex-boyfriend from a long time ago. And there was only one good thing that happened His with one him. redeeming quality. One redeeming quality is that I went to... Is it Park Life at Manchester? Yeah. Yeah, Park Life. We'd seen Grandmaster Flash. Um, I had taken either a pill or too much MDMA. It was like too much drugs. And we went outside. I was seeing double. 
And as the festival was ending, I started to feel very sick. And so essentially I was like being sick, surrounded by thousands of people trying to like push their way out of this one entrance. Like what, there's one bit to get out of. Um, and the only good thing about him is he was like holding my hair and like stroking my head and going, it's all right, Rosie, this is normal. This is this is what happens when you take this drug. It like, this is this like strain of, <laughs> strain of MDMA or whatever. He was basically saying, this is normal. This strain of MDMA. It's normal for you to be sick. And as soon as you've, as soon as you've been sick, babe, you'll just, you'll come up and you'll have a great night, I promise. And it turns out like that was actual bollocks. He was just telling me that to make <laughs> me feel better. Yeah. Um, the rest but of did the, you have rest... a great night after you'd been sick? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I had a bloody wonderful night. But, but... I think, honestly, not that I do Sorry. drugs very often. Yes. No. Or, or at all. That was ever. the only time I ever did them ever. <laughs> Just that one time. Uh, theoretically. Yes. Theoretically speaking, if someone lies to you when you're on drugs, you will believe them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then that just completely changes the trajectory yeah. of your whole. But that—that's the thing. It was like that, mate. That's what I thought of when you said about the Tom Selleck. We need the Tom Selleck's there. So because we're mums now, we can't handle drugs. Who do we think we are? I'm it's, 35. Yeah. But so I need like a Tom Selleck. So if I want to take drugs, I can because my child is in a cage. Both children <laughs> are in a cage. Both children are in a cage. All my favourite bands are playing because it's our festival. Yeah. And I want to have a good time. So I take the drugs, but then I get the fear. Yeah. So then Tom Selleck comes in. He's like, it's all right, babe. This is the bit before the com- before you come up. You're going to be fine. You're great. You're great. You're doing so well. You look so beautiful on it as well. Yes. That's what yes, we want, Yes, yes, it? yes, yes, yes. You need a Tom Selleck just being like, it's all right, babe. You still look beautiful. Yeah. Think... your hair. Yeah. As you're chucking up. In the, by the way, the toilets will be impeccable yeah. no fucking portaloos there's our nothing festival. more traumatic i i genuinely think you could go to war and be less traumatized than you would be by using the toilets at leeds festival yeah i was just about to say reading festival <laughs> I, I, I might have ptsd in fact from those toilets they're just the most disgusting thing i've ever seen the campsite toilets specifically because they are literally just a plank above an, a ginormous pit full oh, of human feces i can't believe they're legal no. I can't believe that. I remember legal. reading an article about someone who'd fallen into it one year and had to get rescued by the fire engine. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Oh my god. I would I would simply have to Allow it to consume me. Sum- submerge myself in a tank full of Dettol and just allow myself to drown if that happened. Oh yeah, I'd just be pouring bottles of bleach over my head. And please, please let me live. Oh, but yeah, our festival will have proper toilets. But because it's like the milf, the milf weekender, yeah, they'll be cleaned properly. There'll be no shit anywhere. Yeah. Um, at the big milf weekender, because we'll be famous and have loads of money. What's your What's your top build band or or musician? Ooh, do you think? Ooh, dead or alive, mate? Dead or alive, Queen. Queen. I think Queen would have been a sick experience. Yeah. Like just so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? I don't know. I was just thinking then, obviously, Idols, because they're my favourite band ever, but that seems quite attainable. Yeah. Like, I, we could probably get them to play when we're not that famous, because they're lovely and They can come alive. and play our Christmas night out. They can play our <laughs> Christmas night out, sure. They're definitely listening. Um, so if we're thinking, like, unobtainable, then maybe, like, Jimi Hendrix or, like, The Doors or something. Oh. We could go very old yeah. school, couldn't we? we yeah, could we have... could. I cried when I saw Johnny Marr at festival. 
I feel that's attainable though. Don I Mark. loved, uh, like, especially as a teenager, I loved The Smiths. Mm. Um, but I've seen Johnny Marr and I've seen Morrissey. Yeah. And Johnny Marr doing Smith songs. Yes. Better than Even Morrissey. though it doesn't have the Morrissey voice. <laughs> <laughs> Great impression, yeah. by the way. Uh, even though Morris is in the room, <laughs> where's Morrissey? Someone's coming, <laughs> swinging a bouquet around. <laughs> so yeah, that was better than Morrissey. And then Morrissey is like, yes, he does that. <laughs> yes, but um, it's just not the same because Johnny Marr's not playing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sound, isn't it? It's the sound. It's and also, guitar. it's much, it's much less easy to divorce the fact that he's a massive knob. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't he? Morrissey? Yeah, it's a very strange man. Yeah, um, I feel like we're we're going very off brand, aren't we? With Amateur Mill Society talking about the Smiths because <laughs> we're fucking cool. Yeah, but also I don't want this to trick anyone because I actually have the most embarrassing taste in music ever. Um, we so because I love Abba. You love Abba and Dolly Parton. And there was one, yeah, there was one time when I was at Sinead's house, and I was telling her about how much Ramona loves flamenco dancers, <laughs> and Sinead went, "Alexa, play some flamenco music," and it played Dolly Parton nine to five. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what that says about you and your Alexa, <laughs> but didn't understand flamenco at all. No. Um, yeah, I think the the milf the milf weekender is going to be an absolute knockout. It's just it's going to be. It'll also the... be just like tents full of masseuses. Yeah, it's just going to be like full on party, but then also full on luxury recuperation as yeah. well. So you can do both. Yeah. And massive child cage. That's the main point, isn't it? <laughs> massive child cage. I'm glad you brought that up because I hadn't thought about the children. I just assumed we'd leave them at home, but you're right. They could just be in a cage. Yeah. That's fine. They'll look after each other. But like a nice That's cage. what a wacky warehouse is. So so what, what we're essentially doing is engineering a Lord of the Flies type scenario. Within a festival. Within a festival. It's basically, we could make a film out of it. It's Inception, isn't it? <laughs> So, uh, I mean, we're not... Leonardo, this is a, another rule about the MILF weekender, because we'll be so famous. Leonardo DiCaprio is not allowed in. No, because he'll just be trying to get off with our children. <laughs> yeah, he's not allowed near the cage. <laughs> so no Leonardo DiCaprio. Who else is in Inception? Jo- Jason Gordon-Levitt. He's OK to come, isn't he? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He can come. He's invited. Not so, Not sure who um, Joseph is. Who's Joseph? I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> anyway... Shall we move on? Tom Hardy, he can come. He can definitely come, yeah. Definitely I would Tom trust Hardy. Tom Hardy to man the child cage. Yeah, because he would he would be lovable, but also keep them in check. Yeah. Because he'd be like, if you guys don't behave, I'm going to go Bronson on you. Yeah. And we all know what that means. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this week's episode will be, to tie in with the fact that it's Mental Health Awareness Week, it will be all about mental health. And we just want to state from the top, we have a disclaimer. We will be speaking from our own experiences of mental health as new mums. Um, However, we are not medical professionals. And if you are concerned about your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend's or a partner's mental health, Mm -hmm. please contact your midwife, your health visitor or another healthcare provider. Um, We will provide a list of resources that you can access on our Instagram, which is at Amateur Milf Society. We want you to know that if you are suffering with a mental illness, you're absolutely not alone. We have your back all the way. 
but we're not mental health professionals and there's not an awful lot that we could do in that way we would just be here to offer a listening ear yes we're here to listen we're here to give our opinions and experiences but we're not professionals and make you feel accepted yes and not judged yes yeah so we're doing this episode in conjunction with mental health awareness week Mm -hmm. Uh, we thought it'd be a nice thing well an important thing to talk about yeah um and a good time to put it out because it might be more likely to be listened to for that reason because it's on people's radars yeah my week in one sentence is you can tell if a house's occupants have children in it by the state of their front garden <laughs> so I've very been, true i've been thinking about this a lot because i do a lot of walking because i've got a dog um and our front garden is a very like very old um like slabs paving slabs mm-hmm. could do with upgrading but we don't have the money um, and what was like a flower bed um, that had nice flowers in it, but is now just weeds. Yeah. And then also the remnants of um, a brick wall that Dave like knocked down because the first week that we moved into our house, we live in a cul-de-sac, you can imagine. The yeah. first week we moved in, we had, we've got two cars. So Dave was parking his car on the road, but he couldn't park it outside our house because, uh, well, I'm not even going to go into it, but he couldn't. Uh, there was no space. And so he had um, three different neighbours on separate occasions coming to complain about where he'd parked his car on the road. And on one occasion, two elderly neighbours ganged up on him and basically made him move his car. <laughs> they were like, you can't park outside our house because we need access when we go and get, we'll go out, come out our front door to get the papers. I know, insane, right? It's like, I think you're legally allowed to park on a road. Yeah. So, um, so that same day after the third complaint dave very angrily knocked down a wall so that we could double park on our drive yeah but did you find that a bit sexy though um no because we were both raging (laughs) we're both absolutely raging but um the point of this is that brick wall is now in a pile on our front garden (laughs) and what i've noticed is that because we live in a cul-de-sac it's like us and our next door neighbors are the family with young kids and our front gardens are an absolute shit show yeah all the other gardens on our road are very elderly people and they've got perfectly manicured gardens because they have time exactly they've got nothing better to do but the reason i'm bringing this up is because it's like you get looked at you can tell the old people walking past your drive and looking at it in disgust Mm. and it's like i have got two children i don't give a shit about my front garden i'm also not a gardener and i'm not a gardener and you have got all of your day you know when they say about you know everyone you know Beyonce's got 24 hours in a day. I've got 24 Even hours Beyonce in a day. Even Beyonce does not have the same amount of hours in a day as a middle-class retired couple. Exactly. Thank you, Sinead. I needed that validation. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just been on my mind. It's obviously one of those things that's sort of tweaking on one of my little angry, anxious strings in my brain. Yeah. Because I just feel I feel bad that the front garden is an absolute state, but there's absolutely Nothing shit all we could, could do, do about, about it. it. Yeah. And I, you know, I just I'm not I'm not gonna plant any bulbs anytime soon. Sorry. And that wall that we knocked down because you wouldn't let us park on our road illegally is gonna stay in a pile on our front garden for you to stare at. Just to spite you. Just to spite you. We're not taking it to the tip. We don't have fucking time. <laughs> Okay. So I've remembered my week in a sentence. Go on. And it is, starting a new job feels like the first week of school. Ah. In September. In what sort of way? Like you can't just... write? <laughs> Did you new pencil case? 
did that ever happen to you like you'd go through your summer holidays and you'd go back to school and I would always like forget how to tie my tie and kind of forget how to write oh yeah and then you like you you have to start writing the date every day don't you and you don't know what year it is yeah especially when you come back after Christmas and it's a whole other year yeah but anyway um I've just started a new job woohoo well done congrats um and is it full-time podcasting (laughs) but yeah it just feels very much like you know it has the same exact vibe of like this is the new seating plan and this is and it's i like it because it's so structured and it's like you're going to do this this and the between this time and this time you're going to be doing this yeah and it's like it's much nicer than when you actually have to do like my dream job would just be going through the training of every single job oh cute yeah 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 because once i actually have to you know do the job that's when i start getting really bored yeah, uh, yes. That's why I'm an artist, because I can do that. I can choose to do that. If I get bored of a certain craft or like art, art form, I can sell another one. <laughs> I'll, do a di- I'll start doing a different one. Yeah. If any of you saw, if any of us follow, follow our social media, you might have noticed I did a time-lapse picture video of me making some art. Yes, and it was great. And that's just something that I did. I did it for a craft session that I was doing at the Afro-Caribbean Centre in Leicester, which, by the way, is an absolutely wonderful establishment. Did you get your lunch again? I didn't this time because I had to leave quite promptly, but the the lunch was being served and it looked amazing. But yeah, I was doing like a collage cra- um, craft session with the ladies at the Afro-Caribbean Centre and I thought I'd make some like... Quick, quickly make some stuff out of paint for people to chop up and use as like leaves and flowers. Yeah. And as I was doing it, I was like, this is glorious. I really like this. So I made some more and I've made them into art prints. But like, that's just something that I can do because I, I was bored of one thing and I started another thing. So I think it's totally acceptable for you to feel like you want a new job every few oh, months. Tell us about your new job then. I- I'm not sure I'm actually allowed to. Okay. Tell us how you feel about your new job then. I like it good it's a job in which i'll be able to help people fantastic that's perfect and the training went okay training went well everyone that i've met so far seems really nice yeah it's and the training is great as well because sometimes when you start a new job and you have to do training you're just like sat in front of someone doing presentations at Mm. you yeah and i'm like i can read a powerpoint yeah i don't need you to read it to me Yeah, yeah i can read thanks so they i've had like a couple of kind of one to one sessions yeah um, where they kind of teach me how to use the various systems but then in terms of all like the background information that you need to do the job it's all self-led study so you, they give you all the materials and then you Crack go on. through and read it and do the little quizzes at your at your own pace and that's nice that suits me so much better than like because my trademark at school like was in my history lessons my history teacher would put on a like video yeah and it was always a david starkey documentary and i don't know if you've ever seen david starkey's the big tory man yeah who wears lots and lots of gold and ruby and emerald and sapphire rings he, all over his he fingers is, I, I, what what is he i what don't know is he i'm not Where sure did he come from i'm not sure if he's actually a, like a qualified historian or if he's just a man that the bbc were like you can do history documentaries i don't think he's a qualified historian i think what he is is like he he comes from old money yeah and he's told people he's a historian and they've gone uh, okay you seem like you seem like you might be he wears more rings on his fingers 
than I've ever seen anyone wear before. Yeah, they're all yeah. the largest goldest rings yeah. I've ever seen with various jewels. He thinks he's like a king, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. his fingers nicer than the king's fingers, though. Nice, it has enough. to be said. Oh yeah. So I would watch the introduction bit to the documentary in which, like, we usually get treated to a close up of the rings on David Starkey's fingers. Yes. And then I would fold my arms on the desk, put my head on my arms, and go to sleep. What you have just described is like a, a very good way of. A description of someone with ADHD, <laughs> because you've you've described it's the it's the lack of concentration on the thing that you need, like the overall concentration, and then remembering specifically the close up shot of the rings on the fingers. <laughs> it is like, you know why that is, Rosie? Is it because you've got ADHD? It's because I am absolutely fucking riddled with ADHD, <laughs> crippled with ADHD, aren't you, my darling? But that's okay because, like, I think that's kind of, I think that's a lovely little nuance, kind of. It's what adds to my charm. It is what adds to your charm. <laughs> the fact that you remember the close-up shot of the of the rings on the fingers is lovely. I like that. I I prefer that you remember that than the actual history. Yeah, like I don't remember anything that happened in my A level history. I mean, we did no. the most boring time period. Also, the history that you learn in the UK is British history, which is yeah. basically made up. But it's, like, I white would... people are great. <laughs> is what it is i would have much preferred to do so for my a-level history we did the reformation so the the kind of america is that in america no no that's in england that's when um basically they went from catholicism oh sure okay like church what you should have said is henry the eighth yeah we did henry the (laughs) eighth we did the tudors yes and of course and that also kind of and then we did kind of it went into world war two no, no. We, we only did the Tudors ah. and then like the, the Tudor time period yeah but in Germany so like th- that was also to do with the Reformation and they kind wow. of moved to more Protestant ideas yeah. religiously and stuff you can tell that I didn't pay much attention but um, yes <laughs> yes we could have done What's like, your point? I would have preferred to do World War Two or like anything because it was yeah. so boring. I was like, I don't care. I would recommend I can't believe I'm doing this, but there is another podcast out there, would you believe, that is listenable. <gasps> oh, I know. So I listen to a podcast when I'm cooking and it's called You're Dead to Me. I love that podcast. See? And that's like proper history, right? Because yeah. you're learning all the like itty gritty stuff, the interesting stuff. It's presented in a way that I can take on and find amusing and interesting yeah so anyone who is like listening to Sinead now and being like amen sister listen to your dead to me that's the best way I mean I love history I I Mm. read a lot of books about history and consume a lot of kind of historical content Content. yeah me too love it love it need it presented better hated my A-level history course I would have preferred to do any other time period than, than the one we actually did I don't think it was the time period that the, was the problem for you, Sinead. I think it was the way it was taught to you. Because I think the period of the, the Tudor period is really interesting, but you were taught the boring shit. Yeah, but you it, know what I mean? that was the course. The course was all of like that religious aspect. I would have been so happy to do like write gossip columns on Henry VIII and his wife. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, and my two sure. history teachers were absolutely fantastic. So they... Yeah. They taught us generally in a really engaging and interesting way. It's just the actual content we were learning about. I don't yeah. care about. Shall we stop talking about the Tudors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about our topic of the week. So, which, as I said before, we're talking about mental health. Um, and I thought we could just kick off by saying a little bit about our experiences with mental health. So, Rosie, yes. 
did you experience any mental health issues prior to becoming pregnant? Um, The only mental health issues I've had are eating disorders Mm -hmm. or an eating disorder. But everything, I mean, I think I was not, it wasn't like, I I think I nipped it in the bud. I think I I nipped it in the bud at the right time. So it could have been much worse. Yeah. So it's quite low level. Um, uh, No, no others. How about you, Sinead? Um, I had struggles on and off throughout my teenage years and my early 20s with uh, being very mental illness indeed. Very mental illness. Sure. So um, I had kind of on and off depression, anxiety, uh, definitely issues around food and eating disorders. Mm. I believe that they would have become worse had I not had Darcy. Interesting. So I wanted to ask you if you felt as though your mental health suffered either during pregnancy or after birth. So during pregnancy, not at all. I think what you were about to sort of go into with that idea of like Darcy saving you almost. My pregnancy saved me from a lot of um, very mental illness of me <laughs> with eating disorders. Definitely helped a lot. Um, and I think that if I hadn't had suffered with such a traumatic birth with Ramona and a very traumatic first few months, then that might have continued being wonderful yeah and and sort of again like sort of saving me um so no to pregnancy like suffered nothing at all really apart from a lot of worry yeah normal normal amount of worry i would say um but yes a a lot of a lot uh after the birth i would say how about you um i obviously finding out i was pregnant was extremely traumatic for me yeah um and I definitely did have some elements of like anxieties and stuff, but yeah. I think that overall, someone's doing curling out there. Apparently, yeah, something is <laughs> happening in the corridor outside. Someone's either curling or dragging a dead body. We're not sure which. <laughs> we'll keep you updated. So, um, I think the first few months were very difficult, and I had yeah, definitely issues depression and anxiety and not so much eating disorders but definitely like there was something going on there yeah yeah. with regards to food yeah but after like kind of within six months after after i got through those really dark days yes my mental health was exponentially better than it had been prior to finding out i was pregnant Uh uh-huh and why do you think that is i think it's just because i had a direction i had something to to yeah. live for yeah, yeah you know i had something to care about mm. and you come out of those six months because it does get better at six months doesn't it i think yeah. for, i'd say 90 percent of people will agree you hit that six month mark and there is a sort of a sigh of relief a little bit yeah i think once your baby easier. is more able to interact with you <coughs> things the, yes and the sleep... upswing is almost immediate yeah and gen- generally speaking sleep is slightly better than those first yes, six months to kind of and that feels like a, a relief yeah um so yeah i feel like yeah i was i mentioned this to dave because we were talking about the um the first feeding episode that we did about the milk and stuff and there were a lot of things that he mentioned that i'd forgotten to mention because i just Mm. forgot stuff and i said to him there are so much so many things that you mention about ramona when she was a baby that i have not that are not in my brain at all yeah and what we came to the conclusion that I am still probably suffering 
from like like PTSD. Yeah. And I have buried absolutely every single part of that trauma. Yeah. To the point where I, I just I, I'm dead behind the eyes. So when Dave was listening to the first feeding episode in his car, which he does when he drives to work, um, he cried. And I can't mm. it doesn't it doesn't register yeah. in me at all. So you know when in the episode when you started to tear up and you yeah. got upset and I was like feeling the emotions but I was almost like feeling your emotions and remembering times when I felt like that but I wasn't feeling them for myself. Yeah. So I have like I think well I think what I'm saying is I've still got issues. Yes. But they are the the issue is that they're so, so buried deeply repressed that I don't yeah. have any emotion towards them. Yeah. And I think for me I was telling you about this the other day when I had yeah. my little wobble. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I realised how how much I had repressed and just ignored the fact that I was so traumatised by the whole experience of finding I'm out so, what was pregnant. I'm so traumatised I'm now bleeding. <laughs> bleeding from the lip. So um, having these conversations and bringing up all these feelings... yeah has almost been cleansing for me in a way yeah because they're things i've never really mentioned to anyone other than in passing yeah yeah, yeah. you've and, had to really think about them yeah and kind of reliving that and i don't know whether i can just be a little bit more forgiving towards myself now because yeah. i'm so far removed from it yeah maybe um it's been difficult and scary yeah but i think ultimately it has been good for my mental health yeah even though sometimes i have days where i just do a lot of crying that's okay you're allowed to do lots of crying yeah you're allowed to feel your feelings sure. uh, the other question i wanted to ask you rosie was mm-hmm. whether you accessed any support um Mm. apart from so I mentioned before we did see a lactation consultant mm-hmm. I know that that's not mental health um, kind of support but it was support for something that I was going through that was making your mental health worse um, and I I think when we went to see our GP the, the lady who gave us permission to use formula um, that was a cry for help yeah, but we did not access any mental health support. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had any idea that there was anything wrong with me mentally. Yeah, I think I solely put it down to me being just rubbish. Yeah, at no point did I think I've. It's a I've very got difficult problems. thing to acknowledge, isn't it? Yeah, the only thing that I did do is uh, someone bought me a session to go and see a lady to, to do Reiki, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's like weird spiritual shit right it was great I got to lie on a bed on my own for an hour I felt very relaxed Uh, I'd recommend it to any new mothers just for that alone but she said to me you're on the verge of postnatal depression and that was a real surprise you're like what what are you talking about yeah that was a real surprise for me and a bit of a wake-up call again that wasn't me accessing support yeah Um, so I think the important thing is like I I was crying for help without realising and yeah. I never accessed the sort of support that I really needed. Yeah. Did you? What did you? Did you do anything? No. 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 And do you wish you had? I. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Short answer, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Short answer is yes. But I also think that um, the help, although there is some help available, it's so difficult to access. I still don't even know now what where I would go. Right, Like, if I had a newborn right now, this second, yeah. and I was suffering, and I would know that I was suffering because it would be like, I'd, I've been through it now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know the first place to go. I don't know what I would do. I know that you can go to your midwives and your midwives can arrange things. But I also know that because RNA has been so chronically underfunded for such a long time, the waiting lists are absolutely massive. Yeah. And I think there's only a certain amount of time that you're classified as that perinatal stage. So for, for context, perinatal means from when you become pregnant to about a year after your baby is born. Oh, wow. OK. It's not a long time then. So say you start to become aware of symptoms of mental illness three months after you've given birth to your baby. Yeah. And a midwife refers you to kind of a perinatal mental illness kind of support team because I do believe there are specially trained midwives. You feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I do believe that there there is a team of kind of like midwives and health visitors that are able to support with that but if you give if you go to them at three months when your baby is three months old yes you might your baby might be over a year old by the time you actually are able to to access that help yeah yeah and it's incredibly unfair because if you have the money to do so yeah you could see someone within a week yeah that's the same as like the tongue tie. It's like you can be put on a waiting list for the NHS. Some some places won't do it. They won't do it in Leicester for the type of tongue tie Ramona had. We could afford to pay someone to do it, and they did it the next day. Mm-hmm. It's really sad, isn't it? And I'm we're, I'm just talking about a simple. This is like a simple procedure on a baby to help you breastfeed. If you want to continue breastfeeding, we're talking about like mental health issues. This is like life and death. Yeah, this yeah, is like it, a huge and, deal. And that is like. That is the bare bones of it, isn't it? If mm. you have mental health problems that develop or are exacerbated by having a baby, it is life and death. Yeah. Because statistically, suicide is the number one direct cause of death for mothers within the first year of giving birth to their baby. That is mad. Mm-hmm. That is really, really astonishing, isn't it? It's like, it's yeah. I didn't even realise that that was true yeah but i can completely see as soon as you know the start it's like wow, okay it's like i can see why i can yeah totally understand why yeah never talked about though Sinead. no no this, never this is never talked about i think that's why i had absolutely no idea that i was suffering yeah because not because you're, not you're one just person. expected to get on with it aren't yeah. you at no at no point did any like really apart from the reiki lady did anybody say I think you might be suffering mentally. People just go, oh, you'll, you'll be all right soon because your baby will start to sleep. It's not as simple as that. Yeah. It's not as simple as that at all. And then another statistic for you is that 70% of women that have just had babies will hide or downplay the severity of the mental health problems that they're experiencing. And I think absolutely a, a big portion of that are people that don't, they just think it's normal to be suffering so much. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then the, there are then there are some people that almost think there's virtue in their suffering. Yeah, I'm suffering for my baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that must mean that I love them. Yeah, yeah. That that's the proof that I love them. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. I can definitely I can definitely um resonate with that a little bit, I think. And I think having Darcy I, I don't I think it might be opposite for me because having Darcy taught me that love isn't pain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do enough I do enough um self love suffering. Yeah. For myself. I don't need my children to do it for me as well. Yeah. It's like it's that kind of it's like the way I put myself through like exercise and stuff, things like that, or like eating. Like I do enough of that for myself. I can, yeah. I can I just also be in, unconditionally loved by my children, thank you. Yeah. That's enough. And I think, you know, there is such a massive pressure on you, not only to have a perfect baby that sleeps through the night and eats everything you give them and yeah. never cries and is always smiley. Yeah. Um, and also looks cute and is always dressed impeccably your house also must be spotlessly clean and your baby's toys must be perfectly organised and you've lost all your baby weight you've lost all your baby weight and you're going back to work all of these things all of these pressures combined no wonder people feel the need to to downplay yeah and not only completely hide completely yeah. hide it there are people yeah. that are living with their partners and partners their partners don't, don't even, even realize yeah. it but it's not only all of those things that we've just listed of like those expectations of us and we have this and it's, it's kind of um new to this generation onwards yeah is that idea of like it takes a village has been completely obliterated we don't yeah. have that anymore like most people are we're doing we're, we're expected to do all of those things yeah and go back to work and not have a village help look after our child. Yeah. So how are we... Su- I'm not surprised about the suicide rates at all. No, no, neither am I. And neither am I. And one in five. So that is, you know, a fifth. That, yeah. That's yeah. one out of, like... That That would mean statistically there'd be, like, one and a bit people in oh, our, just our friendship group yeah. yeah, that would suffer. But, I mean, I think most of us have had... Yeah. Some I think that really the statistics are probably in re- reality a bit higher than that. The statistic yeah. is that one in five women suffer with mental health issues during pregnancy or directly after. I think it's probably more people than that, but a lot of people don't realise they're suffering with and mental it, yeah, health issues. People are being asked and they're going, "Oh, I, I just it was just really hard work." Yeah, but I don't want to admit. And that. I was just really tired. Yeah. there's so much that you can explain away yeah like i don't want to like i'm not sleeping because i'm worried about my baby yeah i am i am so lacking in sleep because my baby doesn't sleep but also i can't sleep because i'm so terrified and that's a symptom that i had quite a lot of when darcy was a baby especially when the sleep deprivation got really bad yeah i experienced quite a lot of like derealization yeah a lot of the time I didn't know whether what was happening was real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, when you wake up in the morning, that day, that new day starts, and the night before is like a drug trip. Yeah. It's like you can't comprehend it. You can't make sense of it. I wonder if that's also one of the reasons why like, we kind of suffer in silence, because it's like it's a day-to-day thing. It's like that grind. Mm-hmm. A bit like capitalism, right? You kind yeah. of get used to that. And it's like the night times are so awful. Mm-hmm. And like I remember Dave saying before about just willing the sun to rise. The sun rises and you go, okay, it's a new day. Yeah. And you, you get through that day and then... The same oh, thing happens again at night time. Night time dread. Or, yeah. Awful. Yeah. And I think as well there's a lot of worry 
I convinced myself so many times that I, if I told anybody about the things that I was thinking, yeah. especially going back to that um, that that fourth trimester, yeah, 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 wanting to physically harm your baby because they won't stop screaming, yeah, I really, really thought that if I told anybody about yeah. what I was thinking, that someone would come and take her away from me, yeah. Oh yeah, that's like an age. It's the age-old um, saying, isn't it? They're like, "Oh, my baby's gonna get taken away from me." It's the social services thing. Yeah, it's like the worry. You worry like Dave always says it because Lola just really she's a bit like you. Just is very good at head putting things and falling <laughs> over. And she's every, oh Darcy was always covered in you're bru- like still is always covered in bruises. Sending them to nursery and you're like, I hope they don't think I'm doing something to my child. It's that it's that worry. It's that like what people must think of me because of the way that, that things are going and it's so normal and i also want to let people that are having these thoughts know that social services are extremely underfunded <laughs> they're not going to take your baby away because you want to throw them at a wall yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they will if you actually do throw them at the wall yeah, yeah, yeah. but that that's not what they're there for yeah in the vast course. majority of cases they are there to offer you support yeah well, it's this is this saying is something that we say all the time, and you use it a lot throughout your kids' child, like their their being babies and childhood. It's like it's something that you say throughout all of it. Is that if you're worrying about it, then you're doing a good job. Yeah. Now, there's a problem with that statement, isn't there? Because yes, we're you're right. If you're worrying about if you're worried about the fact that you want to throw your baby out a window means you're doing a good job because you're worried about it it's on your radar you you care about your baby because you're yeah. worried about those thoughts but the problem with that statement is it's like it's underplaying the severity of how hard we're finding it mm-hmm. if you're worried about it you're doing a great job but i'm worried about it so much that, that it makes me feel physically sick yeah and that's the problem it's like like you were saying before about that kind of um what were you saying before I've forgotten? <laughs> completely, it's completely. My brain has just <laughs> it's stopped. Left me. My brain has just stopped. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of like the the worrying for worrying's sake and like the the suffering. Yeah, I'm doing a good job because I'm suffering. Yeah, it's that the virtue in suffering. That's thing. it. Yeah, and that that even goes to before you even have the baby because there yeah. are certain people that believe or not believe, but they kind of. They think that going through all the pain of childbirth unmedicated, yeah. uh-huh. and that that's no disre- disrespect for people that choose to have unmedicated birth. No, of course, at all. But there are some people that you know treat it as a competition. Like yeah. I suffered more than the last person. Yeah. So that means I love my baby more. Yeah, that's very mental health, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's and very like, mental illness. And like I said before, love isn't pain. Yeah. Hmm. And why do you think that? Why? How have we got to this point? Is it? Is it that kind of like? Is it that horrible, Western, British way of looking at things? That it's like self-deprecating bullshit. That is, if we're not suffering, then we're not. Like, what is it? I think. What is it? I think that is an element of it, but I think the main thing. Is it, the patriarchy? is it the patriarchy, Sinead? It could well be the patriarchy. Um, but I think a massive kind of constituent factor to that is the the comparison. 
the not just the comparison but the expectation mm. so you are you see these people that seem on the outside to have it all together have it all figured out have yeah. the perfect lives with the perfect children and you're you're expected also to have that so the internet definitely has a part to play right i absolutely think so same as you know like young girls are struggling massively with their mental health because of filters on instagram and things mm-hmm. like that it's that expectation yeah and does that expectation um only apply to um female presenting mothers or just female presenting people do you know what i mean like is it just i don't think it only does but i do think it overwhelmingly does yeah i think that that men have their own insecurities that are played to yeah but i think that societally in general we are held to much, much higher standards than men. We're kind of like, we're of that age now and male where... Male presenting people. Male presenting people are have much um, have a much bigger role to play in parenthood now, thankfully, and mm-hmm. they are expected to do much more than they once were, which is fantastic, but they're not hitting the levels as much as our expectations are yet, are they? Yeah. That's the problem. They're not going at the same rate as us. No. We're still expected to do so much... Um, and yeah, it's still unfair, isn't it? Yeah, it's still I mean, unfair. I think that every single person I know that has a partner has a male partner. Yeah, there is some, and that this is not a slight on on the dads at all because no, of course I get on very well with all of the dads. Yeah, in our friend group, but I I do think that even if they are good eggs like dave you know there is still a massive disparity in what you know what and and this is coming from my perspective as a single parent so i've i don't have that yeah 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 you you're like, on the outside looking at well you're a good, really good example of someone to have this opinion because you don't have your own partner to compare to so yeah. you're literally looking from the outside so yeah, yeah your opinion so for me like down to brass tacks everything is my responsibility yeah yeah yeah. you know but then i look at some of my friends and not even just necessarily you guys but like my wider friend circle as well and i see them having to do all the exact same things that i do and i'm like but why do you why you've got another one why are you doing it all when there is another one there's another person there yeah i'm very i know i'm very lucky because i know we talk about the kind of like the gender divide and stuff like that but dave does does do 50 percent, and he's got a much better paying job than me mm. and he's 100 percent putting equal effort in if not more yeah so i know that i'm lucky but the 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 point is i shouldn't be saying that i'm lucky yeah. it should, just, should be, just be the standard that should be the standard and and i you know i'm obviously super grateful and love him dearly but it should be like that for every couple yeah it should be like that regardless of their job there's still this kind of like expectation which to be fair to dave like good on him because he shatters those expectations of i'm the man so if i'm in a meeting 
then I can't do anything with my children. Mm-hmm. But if you're a woman in a meeting, you're allowed to go and pick up your crying baby whilst you're talking to your business partners or whatever. Yeah. Dave doesn't do that at all. Dave's very much like, sorry, I've got to go and pick my kid up or I'm going to go and change this nappy. Mm-hmm. I don't care that I'm in a Zoom meeting with a load of men. It's my job because I'm a parent. Yeah. So I think there needs to be a lot more of that, please. Yeah. And I think just being an observer. Yeah. Seeing kind of the dynamics of the different couples that I know that have children. Yeah. It makes me almost sometimes feel quite grateful. Well, that you're, you're, you've got, you, you can't complain about it. It's just you, mate, isn't it? Yes, just you. And you can, you can hold yourself accountable and that's it. There's no, you can't, you can't get angry at someone for not doing their job properly because there's not the person there to do their job properly. Yeah. It does feel like that. I remember when Dave went back to work and although it's harder, when he wasn't there, I held myself more accountable. So I was probably less kind of worried about stuff. Yeah. Because I simply didn't have the choice to be. Yeah. Um, let, so what else do we want to talk about? I want to talk about um, the different types of mental illness that can occur. Yeah, that's a good... Yeah, definitely. So I think the main one that people talk about is depression. Uh-huh. But what a lot of people don't realise is that you can have prenatal depression uh-huh. as well as postnatal depression. Yeah, of course. And as an umbrella, the whole lot would be perinatal, men- perinatal. like depression. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So I strongly believe now, like looking back on my experience, because before I found out I was pregnant, I was incredibly depressed. Uh-huh. I- obviously, I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know whether that... Oh, I see. You th- ...was prenatal depression interesting because i just wanted to sleep all the time yeah i wasn't really interested in eating wasn't really interested in doing mm. much of anything you know really really low mood yeah kind of isolating myself quite a lot yeah and i think i don't know whether there might have been an element of prenatal depression yeah yeah and I, d- I didn't even come to realise that until quite a long time after. That's what's quite staggering about all of this, is we're talking about this, we're like five years into our childhood journey, mm-hmm. and it's only now, think there's only the certain things that are coming to light now. Yeah. five years later, and I'm starting to realise. I definitely think the when you're in the thick of it, when you're yeah. in the, like, when your babies need you so much, yeah, you don't have time to think about yourself. So, no you don't have time to kind of have those philosophical thoughts and ponder whether you are am i in fact mentally ill so that might be quite a good point to make is that if you are a partner of somebody that has has had a baby or or, even a friend a friend or a family member if you are worried about them you need to be one that's making the first move in terms of like asking and offering help or talking about the thing the places they could go for support because I certainly wouldn't have asked in that no. moment. Like you say, like you're in the thick of it so much. I had no idea that I was in crisis and I was in fucking crisis. Yeah. And so... And I think that's terrifying as well. That's quite scary, isn't because it? Because it's an extremely slippery slope, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like yeah. we spoke before about those those pinpoint moments where, yeah. where it could have all gone so downhill so quickly. Yeah, yeah. And when you're, when you're in it, you're not in a position to be able to identify those moments. But yeah. when you look back, those moments become so clear. Yeah. 
at no point during those first sort of six months of Ramona's life did I think I should probably go and speak to someone about this. Yeah. I think there's a le- an element of delusion there. And I think yeah. maybe that is a symptom within itself. Yeah, definitely. Especially with all that sleep deprivation, man. Yeah. But I think that's why we want to talk about it, isn't it? Is that if you are going to have a baby or thinking about having a baby or you've just got a baby now and there are ever, you know, be aware of it, I guess, is what mm-hmm. we're saying. Because we're fairly kind of, I think we're fairly intelligent women. <laughs> Sometimes. 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 When the hive mind is working properly. When the hive mind is working. Um, yeah. Talking of the hive mind, we should just break at this point to describe how we met today. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was a lovely moment. It's raining today. It's raining today. We both emerged from our vehicles. At the same time. At the same time in trench coats both wearing trench coats wearing I've got like black culottes on Rosie's got a black skirt but both the same length both the same length critically Uh, ankle socks ankles and checkered vans checkered vans and the most important one Disney princess umbrellas Disney princess umbrellas and we walked to Bitsy's for a coffee looking like absolute angels yeah Yeah. amazing and that is the hive mind that we have now me and Rosie because we even dressed in a complimentary fashion the last time we met. We don't know how we do it. Without consulting one another as well. I would say at least once every three days, we both send the same message to each other at the same time. When we're in the middle of a conversation, yeah. you'll send a message and I'll be like, literally just typing that. Yeah. I've, had to delete, <laughs> I've had to delete the same thing that you've just said so that I can say, haha, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, and like sometimes our hive mind is a brilliant thing and we come up with some amazing ideas. We're like on fire, we're like... And then sometimes it's like we're sharing custody of the same brain cell and that brain cell isn't having a very good day. (laughs) Yeah! That brain cell is um, me at Parklife Festival on MDMA. (laughs) And we're both tugging it. Come on, this way. Come on. This way, you could do it. Yeah, yeah. We do have a hive mind. Anyway, um, this one, I think, Rosie, you possibly could also have ADHD. I think I could do. Since you've spoke about yours, it's made me really question me (laughs) as a human. (laughs) This is another thing, actually, that I want to touch on, Mm. um, is that it never really occurred to me that I had ADHD, which isn't a mental illness, Mm. um, but I think it is adjacent to mental illness and like mental health spectrum of things we can talk about sure um are it never occurred to me although i look back now and i'm like yes of course you had adhd Sinead, but i yeah. never really thought about it until probably two years after darcy was born was when i originally went to kind of seek interest seek help yeah um because there were certain elements of what i now know to to be ADHD yeah. that were massively exacerbated by having a baby. Yeah. Um, the first example that springs to mind is definitely definitely sensory issues. Yeah, I have those. I'm much more sensitive to sound now. Uh huh. I cannot cope with two. Like it is really annoying me that I can hear this band in the background. If you can't hear the band in the background, listeners, they're not great. Are they? Um, so but sorry. Like two too much kind of auditory input sends my brain into an absolute tailspin i get funny about certain textures i get that the there are just things now that i never really noticed before that now really really bother me on a sensory level yeah 
Um, and also things like having a baby forces you to be more organised, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But it made me kind of go too much into it. So when oh, Darcy really? was a baby, when we came in from wherever we've been in the day, yeah, I had to unpack and repack her her nappy bag. Oh, so you were like prepared for the next day because I knew right stuff in there. if I tried to do it whilst I was doing other things, yeah, yeah, yeah. there would be something vital that I forgot, and there yeah. were inevitably days when you forgot when I hadn't done that, hadn't forced myself to do that, mm. so that so then things like I would forget to pack, to pack enough nappies, or I'd forget to put a change of clothes in, or I'd yeah. leave the and the the downstairs wipes, upstairs wipes, changing bag wipes, yeah was a big issue for you me are, as well. You are describing exactly what the mother load is. The whole idea of like all these things that you're, if you've got a partner, they're the things that don't go through their minds at all unless they, they are forced to do so. It's the upstairs wipes and the downstairs wipes. Most, and if you take your downstairs wipes upstairs... Yeah, if there are any partners All hell breaks thinking, loose. I think, what the hell is she talking about? Upstairs wipes, downstairs wipes. Well, there needs to be upstairs wipes and downstairs wipes. And if you don't replenish those upstairs wipes and downstairs wipes, then you're fucked, mate. And if you take the downstairs wipes upstairs or the upstairs wipes downstairs... Also fucked, mate. Also fucked. <laughs> if you ever things. take the wipes out of the changing bag... Mm. Honestly. It's the cardinal sin. I know I've just bigged Dave up, right? But... Does he not understand the concept of upstairs and downstairs? No, wipes? he doesn't. He understands the concept because if I, you know, he changes a lot of nappies and he'll be like, "There's no more wipes." I'm like, "Well, did you do the upstairs wipe?" No, no. It's the it's the laundry, it's the it's the the way in which he just flippantly puts look like wet laundry onto radiators, and you're like, if you if you just put them out in a certain order, how much easier is it going to be to put those things back dry? Do you know what I mean? Like, put the yeah. socks together in their pairs. Yeah. I have to admit that because I live with my parents, mm. um, mine and my mum's negotiation, <laughs> the outcome of mine and my mum's negotiation was that I hate doing laundry and yeah. I'm also, I think partially because of my my ADHD, not very good at it. Oh, were you a Dave then? You yeah. just chuck things on a radiator? Yeah. Well, or, does it infuriate actually, your mother? I've had to do the laundry this week because my parents are on holiday. Yeah. And I have had to do it. If there are tasks that I am not naturally inclined to be good at, yes. I have to do them in an extremely methodical manner. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. I will just wash clothes, leave them in the washing machine for like four days and then they get stinky and I have to wash them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I have to be very, like, it's like forcing my brain to do certain things. And yeah. it's, it's so difficult, actually, to force myself to do things I don't want to do. And that sounds Funny so that. obvious. But it's like, it's not just like, oh, I can't be asked to do that. Mm. It's like almost physically painful. It's like mentally painful to yeah, make yeah. myself go and do it. But yeah. when, I've, when I have no other choice, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that we're this episode is supposed to be like mental about mental health and like looking after your mental health and like what mental illness and we're just talking about how we don't look after our mental health we're talking about fucking laundry (laughs) come on but in in our household I do all the cooking because my mum hates cooking oh I see and my mum does all the laundry because I hate laundry and then we pay someone to do the ironing I don't do you know what we do 
no ironing. Don't do ironing. We no, don't my do mum ironing. is obsessed with ironing and with having iron clothes. I saw a tweet the other day that said, I'm so glad that um Ironing is dying out. Yeah. Ironing is dying out through the generations. Yeah, we don't do any ironing. Um shall we talk about like things so there's two things I want to talk about. We want to talk mm-hmm. about like things that you can do to help your mental health, which is very important. And this is kind of merges into what I'm about to say, which is how we look after our mental health now, now that our children are a little bit older. Yeah. The reason that those two thoughts have come together in one... Sorry, Rosie. What? I just realised we got off on such a tangent then. We were talking about the different types of mental illnesses you can get. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so... We've spoken I'll about... I'll say all of that again in a second. Yeah. So we've spoken about... Um, we've spoken about depression and we've depression. spoken about laundry. What's next? <laughs> so there's anxiety as well. So yeah. it's it's so normal to be worried about your baby. Of course. It's, um, well, it's part of our evolution, is it not? Anxiety is when it that worry starts to become problematic for you. So you are, you know, increased heart rate. Panic, panic attacks. attacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, not being able to sleep which is normal um but you know you already aren't sleeping so yeah it's not good um as well as that you can also develop ocd which Mm -hmm. can you know involve like not just kind of being like compulsively clean about your your baby's stuff but it can also involve some really horrendous intrusive thoughts Mm. about hurting your baby or i have to do this or my baby will get hurt kind of thing yeah um and it can then on the very very extreme end of the spectrum you can get postpartum psychosis which Mm. is you know where you kind of become completely detached from reality and that can have the most devastating consequences like there was that woman recently in the news um in america who (coughs) killed her children and ultimately tried to kill herself and you know i just can't imagine how tragic that would be because you know you've then got to live with that you know that you're not yourself when you commit those acts and then once you start to you know recover or come around from that you've got to reckon with that for the rest of your life well yeah it's the same it's the same as everything isn't it it's like addiction and things like that like none of those things are your fault no it's not your fault if you have you know if you you have a drug addiction it's not your fault if you have postpartum psychosis it's not your fault if you have depression and we've still got this stupid taboo around mental health like we should be dealing with mental health the same way you deal with any kind of health yeah, issue. Yeah, it's not any your kind of, fault if you get a cold. You it's know? not your fault if like your you, something gashes your leg open because then you get and then you get cared for and it gets mended. Yeah, people help you to try and fix it, but mental health it still it still seemed and deemed as if it's your fault. You, you, well, you just snap out of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely and the, there is support available so mm. in, in the UK I don't know uh, much about what happens in other countries but in the UK we do have a certain amount of mother and baby units so if you yeah. suffer severely with your mental health after you have your baby sometimes you you just get put in a a mental health unit mm. without your baby I can't I can't imagine how horrific that would be but other times you can go into a mother and baby unit there are only 21 in the whole country and 
they're not typically very large so you could have one that's only got say five beds in it wow and because they're so scarce place there isn't one at all in northern ireland so because places beds in these these units are so scarce if you lived in say northern scotland you would potentially have to be be referred to a mother and baby unit in like newcastle for example yeah so it could be hours and hours and hours driving from where you live and if you have other children god yeah what are you supposed to do what are you supposed to do if you have other children and you don't have a partner or you don't have a supportive partner Mm -hmm. what do you do yeah yeah it's not it's not good enough is it no i think it's you know like i said this isn't an issue if you've got money no that's it because you can you can get help yeah pay to get help yeah yeah whereas if you don't have money (laughs) It's like okay, well, fuck you then. And it's a very sad state of affairs that we're currently li- like living through a cost of living crisis. Yeah. And we're talking about this. It's like it just exacerbates things even further. And a lot of the time on the NHS, and this is not to diminish the work that the NHS does. It's oh yeah, of a, course. An amazing institution, and they offer so much help to so many people, but they've been so raped of resources. Yeah. yeah over the past 15 years yeah that you know that it's crumbling it's crumbling around us and no it's not crumbling Sinead like it's being crumbled yeah it's being demolished secretly well not Mm -hmm. secretly we all know it's happening but it's being it's being demolished by people in power yeah so you'll go to them and you'll you will ask and you can beg for for support yeah still not get it actually accessing it is so difficult and a a lot of the time the only th- therapy available on the NHS is like CBTs like yeah. talk therapy yeah those waiting lists are long those waiting lists are long it also isn't very effective for a lot of people yeah i've done talk therapy before yeah it did nothing for me because all i was doing was trying to impress the therapist <laughs> oh, no. and trying to win therapy <laughs> i'm the winner do um, you believe me now? I totally did. Okay. I didn't win therapy. No. Um, and like we did said, they the give o- you a sticker. <laughs> like we said the other week when we spoke to the the girl at the craft club who was a therapist. Yeah. You were like, I'm not sure anyone could actually fix her. <laughs> she far, would break a therapist. As far as CBT is concerned, <laughs> you were totally fixed. <laughs> Completely fine. But like you get. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you get one, maybe six or 12 week course of it. Mm. And for a lot of people, especially with complex trauma, like Mm. birth trauma is complex trauma. Yeah. That's not enough time to unpack all of that. Well, I think the proof here, right, is that I've I've suffered birth trauma. I've done a lot of talking through it. Like I mentioned before, I did a lot of talking with doulas, which felt to me like therapy because it was talking about it a lot. Mm -hmm. And what's very clear to me is I'm not over that trauma. Yeah. So doesn't work for everyone. No. Doesn't work for everyone at all. And even then, it's like it, too little too late, isn't it? Yeah. If you're like really suffering mentally and you're offered CBT in maybe six months, if you're lucky. Yeah. What good is that? And especially if you're kind of, you know, dealing with anxiety and depression, that's possibly going to exacerbate things because you're going to feel totally 
like nobody cares. Yeah, because I think a lot of the time mental health is kind of treated as something that, you know, it's not an immediate emergency. So, yeah. you know, they can wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something you can wait on. Unless, of course, if, you then... If you broke your leg, they would take you into A&E and fix Excellent. your leg. Yeah. When you've broken your brain, yeah. they're just yeah. like, yeah. oh, no, it's... Yeah, hmm. You know, you, it's not... Is she going to kill herself or kill somebody yeah. else? No? Okay. Well, mm, it doesn't even have to be a straight no. It's like, oh, well, I, maybe not. I'll never forget when I used to work in the High Cross, when I worked in retail, there was a lady who would often come into the High Cross and she she was in crisis. So she would walk around the High Cross, like, shouting. She was scared of people. She would act like she was being, like... It was like watching a horror movie. It's like she was being followed by monsters, was her reaction. It was really, really horrible to watch. Awful. And the security would have to try and calm her down and sort of remove her from the building. And they were all really good about it. Like, they were great. They were really looked after her. They all knew who she was. They tried so hard to make her feel safe. And they never kind of, like, judged her in a kind of get-out-of-our-shopping centre. They were lovely. Get out my shop. Get out my shop. But I would always ask them, like, what what's going on and I'll never forget when they said so she's obviously having a mental health crisis she's schizophrenic she sees things she's really scared of people blah 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 and I was like why why is she not being looked after why is she not in it like why is she not been sectioned or why is she not in like a mental home or whatever Mm -hmm. and they said well unless she harms another person they won't take her in no and I was like but this this is not okay Mm-hmm. like this is su- such a horrific thing to watch a person go through and they won't even take her in because no, until she actually physically hurts somebody else yeah. not herself she would self-harm but until she harmed another human they wouldn't have her yeah i ugh. um it's just horrendous yes. it's horrendous and it's so it's such a difficult and sad thing to to think about yeah it is the fact that you you can be screaming yeah. For help. Yeah. And nobody will help you unless yeah. you are harming someone else. Yeah, yeah. And another thing I just wanted to quickly mention about mother and baby units is that comparatively to a woman going into inpatient psychiatric care on her own without the baby, mm. outcomes are vastly more positive. Mm when they're in a mother and baby unit and they're yeah. kept with their baby. So yeah. women um, feel more satisfied with the care that they receive. They recover more quickly and they feel more confident with their baby once yeah. they go home. Yeah. Um, and keeping mum and baby together is important, not just for the woman's recovery, but for that mother-child bonding. Mm. And that's... Of course. And in the infant's development. And yeah. that's through research that was taken... Uh, taken or done by um, Action on Postpartum Psychosis, which is a charity that works sure. with you know people that have suffer from postpartum psychosis. Mm. So, to move on to more cheery topics, yes. there are things that you can do to help, especially when your children are older. Okay, yeah. So there's like there's two there's two sections to this. There's what we think are good good actions towards Yeah, if you self-care. go back and do what you said before. If you remember oh, yeah. what you said before. Yeah, yeah. So what I was gonna say was, um yes, there's two things I want to cover and those two things merge quite nicely together, um, which is your 
ways that you can help your mental health and keep you know keep your mental health strong um, and how to look after yourself self-care lovely things you can do to make yourself feel better also how we look after our mental health now our children are a little bit older because things are slightly different yeah um and the reason that i thought of these two things fitting quite nicely together is because quite recently when i was with my friends who don't have children um we were talking about like um me being a mother and how overwhelming it is and my friend Rianne said to me what what do you do for self-care what's like your self-care go-to and i was like um my what uh like have a shower (laughs) and she was like what what are you serious like yeah like just have a nice have a nice shower and use some nice shower gel and they were all like you can believe it they were like are you fucking no we were like talking about spa days and shit having a shower is not self-care having having a shower is a basic day-to-day function (laughs) having a shower is just a thing that everybody does i was like well yeah that's just what makes me feel you know or like put some cream like put some moisturizer on put some moisturizer on (laughs) again not self-care just a thing that people do um so yeah i think that there's definitely a like uh things in our arsenal that we have that make us feel good yeah um that we could maybe use as good good examples of things for new mothers to do yes they've forgotten what self-care is like having showers (laughs) yeah um but also we can touch upon like how we feel now about our mental health and like how it's changed for the better or for the worse and that sort of thing yeah i think now i am more aware of my mental health i know what my triggers are yeah i know how i can pick up more easily on when i'm feeling low yeah and i now feel more confident to speak to people about it yes it's not something i really and me and my mum are very close like we we spend a lot of time together and we're very very close but if i'm having a tough mental health day i don't necessarily she's not the person i share that with it's friends isn't it yeah so i so i'm very strange that isn't it i think because i'm the same me and you are like the hive mind now you just have become my default person to rant to it's because we're podcast heroes. Yeah, because we're podcast heroes. So you have kind of, by default, become yeah. the recipient of my rants. Oh, I tell you what. And I have quite <laughs> a lot of them, actually. No, it's a pleasure to be the recipient of your rants. It really is. But yeah, it definitely feels like we've come through, because we've spoke about this in podcasts about our like friendship group, our mum friendship group. Yeah. And coming through all of that and being able to say, we feel like we're not judged by any of those people in any way. Yeah. So we're a safe space. So yeah. we're very lucky that we have each other in that respect. Like, I know, I know, I know that if you come to me with a mental health issue, I'm not going to judge you for it. Yeah. Because I've had the same issue. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to feel judged by each other's sadness or grief or anxieties. Um, but it, it means that we're we're more likely to be open about it because we know we feel safe to do so. Yes. Whereas before in those early days when it's like I was too scared to tell people that I was thinking about throwing my baby mm-hmm. because we didn't know yet that we were a safe space. Yeah. So we've grown into that, haven't we? I, yeah, I think the most important thing for me was establishing a group of, yeah. of people that I... Yeah can trust and i know Uh are safe to to share even when my thoughts are getting like super dark dark. yeah 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 Yeah. um cultivating a space like that for yourself is incredibly incredibly important and 
we're very lucky that we were able to do that mm. so easily. And what actually, everyone is in that position. Yeah, what I was going to say is like, I know people that don't have that or are confident in creating that spec or going out and finding friends like that, and they might feel quite lonely. So, those people out there, if you ever want to message us, slide in the DMs. We're here because, like, if you're feeling unsafe or unwell or like worried about something or anxious, and we will not judge you. Let unless me tell you, tell you. Us that, like you're a serial killer or something. Yeah, unless you've, un- yeah, unless you're a nonce, like, yeah, you, if you you're can... a nonce or a serial killer, maybe we won't. Maybe, yeah, maybe speak to someone else. But you can speak to us. <laughs> as... <laughs> if you're a non, if you're nonce adjacent. Yeah, definitely don't sausage speak fingers. to us. <laughs> don't speak to us. But yeah, like if you're if you're struggling mentally with your motherhood and you're worried about being judged, we're not going to fucking judge you. No. At all. We're, honestly, we're really in no position to in judge no position. anyone. And that's the great thing about it. That's the nice realisation about it is that like we're in no position to judge because we felt it all as well. Yeah. We've been through all of it. We felt all of those feelings and we will continue to feel all of those feelings. So it's totally acceptable for you to feel all of those feelings. Because at the end of the day, it makes total sense Mm. that having children has such a massive impact on your mental health. It is a complete upheaval of your life. It is also an incredible amount of pressure and responsibility that's very suddenly just put on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. And And we're, we're we're in a very unique position, this generation... And there might be older generations listening, there might be younger generations listening, and there's kind of a crossover for all of it. But generally speaking, our generation are having to live with parents and grandparents who were taught to suck it up and not talk about it, mm-hmm. stiff up a lip, strict, don't show emotion, don't show affection. And then the generation below us, who are the youth of today, who are going to hopefully revolutionise our pissland country and change things for the better are very open and good talking about their feelings and understanding differences in people and nuances in people and understanding that like gender is a construct and all that sort of thing and being really good at all of that we're we um agree with our younger generation we agree with all of that but, but we're we not have been conditioned by condi- the older yeah. so generation. we're not very good at we're not very good at expressing it yeah and we also feel i think there's like a pressure for our generation to kind of teach our older generation how to behave yeah we're ha- we're right in the middle because we're having to sort of say to our younger ones like the reason grandma says that is because she lived through a time when this happened yeah and they're going well that's not acceptable and we're going well you're both going to have to come to some kind of kind of compromise because old people are going to be here yeah. for a while. <laughs> they're not dead. They're not. All, they're not all dead yet, and that they all have opinions that they're quite quite happy to shout about. Yes, very happy to shout about. So we're quite. Um, it's quite difficult for us that, and also birthing children and bring them up. Yeah, and very we're difficult. also the first generation that's really lived through online parenting. Yeah, absolutely. The experience of parenting online, which mm. I think is a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> online episode, we'll do that. Um, but in terms of when your kids are older, it starts to become easier. It to does take become time easier. for yourself. Of course it does. So whether that looks like and it it's all what does that look like for you? What makes you feel good? Well, um, I love my little half an hour sit down in the park when I've dropped, dropped Darcy at dancing. Watching true crime on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> Listening to podcasts, like the Amateur Mill Society. Listening to podcasts, absolutely. Um, I'd say, like, this is something that's been ongoing for me since babies, 
is walking and listening to music. Anyone out there right now who's got a newborn baby and they are in the depths of hell, just go for a walk and put your headphones on. It is on, the most annoying advice. Is it? Yeah, when people are like, oh, it's oh, fine, right. just go for a walk, you'll be fine, it's fine. Uh, it's the most annoying advice because it's true. Yeah, 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 so true. That's what makes it so annoying. Yeah. Because I haven't really been doing much exercise for the past like year because I've not had time. No. And now I've started my new job, I've reduced my hours and I'm in a position where I will be able to actually start doing exercise again. And I know that it's going to make me feel better. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? It's so annoying. It's like, oh, who thought that, you know, drinking three litres of water a day and not drinking alcohol is going to make you not feel like shit? What? That doesn't seem right. It's very annoying. I think we're going to... Let's just do quick fire, because we are running out of time. Let's do a quick fire list of really good self-care. I do think... I know you've just mentioned that, like, drinking loads of water is good for you, but... A night out with the girls. Drinking just loads of alcohol. Having a night. And it doesn't matter. Like, for me, that is literally maybe once every quarter. Yeah. We're talking, like, this is like a quarterly thing for me. Once every three or four months, I go out and get pissed. That's mm-hmm. enough for me. That's a really good self-care. Going out, going out, yeah. have a drink with your girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Then there's exercise. Really good. Even if it's just walking. Exercise you don't have to. essential. I felt like I'd got my body back when I was able to start going back to the gym and I started doing classes. And I didn't actually, it wasn't even the gym. I start, I just did some videos at home yeah. because I couldn't go to the gym because the kids were always there. But I gave myself 45 minutes to do like, I'd make Dave take the like Ramona out and I'd do like a video class in the lounge. Yeah. Even that's enough. Mm-hmm. So you've got like, have a little drinky pops, bit of exercise, getting somebody to treat you or if you have the money to treat yourself to something that you put on your body yeah like, like a cream or a having your hair, hair done or something like that just something little buying a nice new thing buying a nice treating yourself to a nice new thing is yeah. always good going into zara is that for me or getting a new tattoo is also that for me yeah i like getting a new tattoo i mean tattoo. that's a very expensive hobby but um, yeah. yeah getting new tattoos is self-care for me putting aside time to do something that you enjoy doing as well. For me, yeah. it's reading. Read it. I was just about to say, read a good book and make it a non-fiction that is going to completely immerse you into a different world. Yeah. A reading film. or crafts. A craft. Like craft yes. club. Craft club is so, so good for my mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you said, the last time we did it, you had never seen me that quiet for that long or concentrate on something for that long. It's so good for mindfulness. I do a lot of craft tutorials. I do a lot of tutoring and like calligraphy and things like that. And the, the thing I get from it most is that most people who do it, and it's predominantly women, uh, just they're just happy that they've given themselves to the time to do something. Yeah. Just something different that's just for them. So something crafty. You don't have to be good at crafts. And also at this point, I really encourage people to like just messages. If you are like interested in that sort of thing, but don't think you're very arty. My God, I've got so much for you. <laughs> I've got so much love to give when it comes to people who say I'm not artistic though. Fuck that. Everyone's artistic. I promise you, I can teach you to make something good. Rosie has told me this so many times. All of you. Because I am not artistic. Doesn't matter. Everyone's artistic. Everyone's artistic. But my mosaic Robin. Your mosaic was Robin's ex- fucking was beautiful. Excellent. Your moon was your beaded moon was excellent too. Yeah. Well, anyway. Sorry, anyway. How to do that? What else? Anyway. Um, nice food. Nice food. Going nice out meal. for a nice meal or cooking a nice meal. I love to cook, so cooking a nice meal. And also, mm. I think that having a shower, having an everything shower, having an everything shower, and yeah. allowing yourself to be in the bathroom for like forty-five minutes, an hour. I yeah. don't particularly like baths because no, I, I don't, don't like fit baths. into most baths. 
but like a really nice shower like wash your hair shave your legs have some nice aromatherapy shower gel all you need is like one thing from lush yeah you treat yourself to like your make sure you put moisturizer on and do your face skincare and yeah and, and everything shower and then getting into a bed that's got like freshly mm. made sheets, sheets. oh yes, my please. god I just think that yes, it's the little things. It is the little You things. don't have to be going on a spa break every month yeah. to, to be indulging in self-care. Absolutely. Can I also, at this point, I do want to mention this because I, I, I'm reminding myself, basically, if you have a partner, um, even though you're kind of spreading the load of childcare, essentially, there's still little to no time for you guys to do something for yourselves. Me and Dave have... Stop it. Stop stop it. No, that's not what I'm going to say, Sinead, you dirty girl. What I'm going to say is, listen, listen. This is not going in that direction. <laughs> Me and Dave don't go out very often on our own at all as a couple. We just don't get the opportunity to. Yeah. I don't think we ask for help quite enough as we should. But on the times, on the rare occasions that we've been out for a meal... What tends to happen is, of course, you just talk about your children the whole time because mm-hmm. that's what you do. But what I found is if you are struggling with your partner at the minute, like if there's like a bit of tension, it's all getting a bit overwhelming, um, you're getting upset with each other or touchy with each other or do you know what I mean? Or it's just a lot. Just go on a date because what I found is when me and Dave go out, which has happened maybe a handful of times <laughs> since our children have been born, is what you end up doing is you end up strategizing. Yeah. So your date, even though like that sounds really boring, but you have time where you can listen to each other. You're yeah. not getting interrupted by fucking children, and you start to strategize and talk about your opinions on how you're looking after your kids. Yeah. And so all of those things that you're like you're getting pissed off with the way that he's doing something, you can talk about it and be like, well, I think we should do this because I'm actually worried about Ramona because of this. Maybe we should try this, and you end up like coming up with so many solutions to problems that you can't deal with because you're always being shouted at by kids yeah and i think another thing touching off what you just said is don't be so scared to ask for help yeah and I think man i'm in a unique position where not only do i have a quite large and very supportive family and extended family yeah um because i'm a single parent um I feel like lots of people pity me so if i ask them to do something they'll for do me they'll it. do it yeah so from when Darcy was very small, she would stay at my nana and granddad's. She stayed at their house for the first time overnight when she was six weeks old. Wow. Mm-mm, maybe not. Maybe eight. She wasn't very old anyway. And even now, she is at my nana's house and she'll stay there overnight. She has stayed overnight with so many different people and she's very co- comfortable yeah, and yeah. confident in doing that. Yeah. And because I was in a position where if I wanted to go anywhere mm. I had to ask someone to help me yeah yeah um I have become very comfortable asking people to give me that help yeah so forcing yourself to ask for that help I think is really good in buying yourself that time to to do your self-care we've had I think Ramona has slept at somebody else's house less than five times in her whole life I'll leave Darcy with anyone that will have her. Lola's never slept away from home. But that's because we're too scared to ask for help. Because we don't think we deserve it. Or we do, but it's like, we don't feel like it looks like we deserve it. So yeah, definitely asking for help is... That's that's an issue we've still got now. Yeah. It's definitely a problem that we need to work on. Because 
That's insane. But I think we've gone over our time now. Oh, of so course we've gone over our time. What are we, like an hour and 40? Oh my goodness me, what are we on? So, We realise that, you know, we've not spoken exhaustively about mental health. Yes. You know, the, there are a lot of other topics that are more, much more learned people than me and Rosie will be able to speak on. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just our take on it for today. And I'm sure it's such a big topic that it's something that we, I'm sure we will revisit yeah, again we just and want again. It, we just want it to be, like, we wanted it to be an episode in itself so that people understand the importance of it, really. Yeah. Because it's not talked about enough and, like, new mums don't talk about it enough and feel judged and worried and we're here to just say don't feel any of those things we've got you or That's try not to feel that so yeah, yeah yeah don't absolutely not <laughs> you're not allowed we're, yeah but that is um that's our take on mental health for we've for this pro- week. we've pro- we've probably forgotten a whole heap of stuff to say oh absolutely hey, hey it's okay yeah it's fine i'm here for you babe <laughs> what's your love of the week my love of the week is <laughs> something really good it's alicia dixon's face Alicia Dixon's face. Oh my god. So Darcy She's a vampire. Darcy is obsessed with Britain's Got Talent. Okay. Um and it's it's a nice thing to watch as a family. She she specifically likes it's replaced The Apprentice. Okay. Which was another show she was inexplicably obsessed with. Amazing. Um and and then every time I watch it, I look at Alicia Dixon's face, and she's so beautiful. How can anyone be that perfect? She's gorgeous. What a beautiful her woman. teeth. Oh, my tummy is rumbling in <laughs> acceptance for her. Her teeth, teeth are insane. Her yeah. face looks like it was carved by angels. Oh, she's so beautiful. I I do you remember when um I think it's like the third series of. RuPaul's Drag Race UK and she was on she was on the panel yeah and one of the one of the drags did a the lip sync to a um, Mystique song yeah and she was like rapping along to it and I cried because like her like the, the way attitude, she got into it yeah. the way she got into it she does that whenever like, anyone is doing any kind of rap song on Britain's Got Talent you see Alicia just like going for it I I just think I love Alicia Dixon I think she is amazing yeah and her face is so beautiful it could I think if I gazed upon it for long enough I could just cry oh yeah agreed beautiful and also beautiful because she's like she's not young anymore no but she also doesn't look like she's aging at all I know well good for her man that's all I'll say good for her she's doing great she can obviously afford nicer face cream also was she not like cheated on by one of the So Solid crew fairly sure she was cheated on quite badly by like one of the So Solid crew really fairly sure honestly if you cheat on on Alicia Dixon you die you you have mental health issues you are dead to me (laughs) unbelievable what's your love of the week my love of the week is my scissoring abilities Ooh. Oh no! You've done it again, <laughs> Sinead. You've done it again. You've assumed the worst of me. I mean, scissors as in actual scissors to cut paper. Oh, have you been wrapping? You filthy bitch! No, um, I. You know no. what, Rosie? A dry spell will do that to someone. <laughs> you hear the word scissoring? What else are you supposed to do? <laughs> I was, um, I was doing a craft thing the other day, uh, where I had to, ha- I had to do lots of cutting out, right? Mm-hmm. Um. This was, I don't know if it was this podcast or the last podcast where I was talking about it. It was at the Afro-Caribbean Centre. Yeah. And I was cutting out flowers and these two ladies were like, she's, wow, she's quick. Look at that. Look at her. Like they were complimenting my scissoring abilities. 
And all I was doing was cutting out flowers. But then they were like, I can't believe how quickly you can cut I flowers really out. I really struggle with scissors. Well, I'm going to show you. When we get back to yours, I'm going to show you me cutting out a flower freehand with my scissors. And I think you're going to be blown away. I but it wasn't... I think the reason I love it is because it hadn't dawned on me before that that is a really good skill I have compared to others. I just thought everyone could cut out flowers like that. And then when oh, I saw watching myself, me try I was like... And cut wrapping paper to wrap up a present. Yeah. It's like watching someone with no hands try and cut wrapping paper to wrap up a present. This is why it's my love of the week, Sinead, because it's an it's a talent I didn't know I had. I just thought everyone could scissor. Apparently not, just me. I'm... Number one scissorer. <laughs> a- scissoring, a star for Rosie. <laughs> That's a sound bite I didn't think we'd hear. No. But there it is. There are definitely things that come out of our mouths on this podcast that I never thought would come out of either of our mouths. No, I know. That's great, though. I really like that. Did you say your love of the week? Alicia Dixon, of course. Alicia What's your Dixon's loathe of the week? Uh, my loathe of the week is people that camp out in yeah. London to observe royal events. <laughs> They're fucking idiots, aren't they? They are. It is the epitome of loser virgin behaviour. <laughs> How undersexed do you have to be to sleep in a tent on the streets of London? Do you know who I respect more? People who camp out for trainers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, at least like you're being cool. At least they get a better pair of trainers at the end of it. If you are, honestly, if you are listening and you've slept in a tent to observe a royal event... Stop listening. Fuck off. (laughs) Stop listening to our podcast. We never. It, we don't want your listen. In the rain, I, it's I raining, and they're, and they're to to see what a golden carriage. If they're at the end of the mall, Buckingham Palace is about three and a half miles away. <laughs> what are they going to see? You are you're like you're like shaking with rage, insane with rage, like you can barely speak. Yeah, all they're yeah, going to see. I could feel my voice <laughs> racing in pitch. She's gone full bunchy rage. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like you're going to see a golden carriage and a crown with jewels on it that were stolen from colonised countries. You know, just go to the Tower of London if you want to see it. You'll see it in closer detail. Yeah. And you'll learn about some good history while you're there. And you don't have there. to camp on concrete. <laughs> in the middle of London. And the thing is, like, if a homeless person put up a tent in the middle of London... They'd be arrested. The police would probably mm. kick them to death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's to if it's to see the golden carriage, if it's carriage, to see the king, good old sausage hands, they're, they're like, oh, do you want me to pitch a tent for you? <laughs> Fuck off! By the way, did you see this morning? So it's coronation day. That um, peaceful protesters, like their protest was shut down before it even started, and the Met Police were, had like taken away their placards. Mm-hmm. But they'll help pitch up. old, you know, Kim. Saying that though, yes. So I, I'm quite coming from a, a an Irish family, and having a lot of my family still living in Ireland. I have never been patriotic. You're allowed. You're allowed to hate monarchy for sure. Yeah, like uh, my people were colonized yeah, and yeah. Uh, all like they genocided us for yes. a bit. Basically, <laughs> it's genocided a word. <laughs> they genocided us. They genocided us. Um, but the second an American. Yeah. slags off English culture specifically Chinese takeaways because they have been doing that a lot online this week uh-huh. I become flag shagger extraordinaire <laughs> or when I'm you like see... rule Britannia <laughs> or, or when you see those <laughs> fucking American soccer mums making a cup of British tea in a microwave drop kick them 
into uh, Buckingham Palace and start singing Royal Britannia. Sp- spike their heads. <laughs> and then what I do is I put the tea in the microwave. Fuck off! How dare you! How dare you! How dare you insult my British values? Not you undermining God my heritage. Save fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Also, fuck the king. I start creating a remix of God Save the King. <laughs> yeah, if I see one more How to Make a British Cup of Tea video. By I don't an know American, what it is about American I'm people. I'm putting bunting up, Sinead. <laughs> I tell you, I'm putting bunting up. I am going to get a tattoo of the Union Jack that above it says 100% British beef. I, I will top trump you. I'll get, a pic, I'll get a tattoo of a British bulldog wearing a Union Jack. <laughs> Fuck all of you. I think my uncle actually has that tattoo. (laughs) Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a lovely bit of art. Well that was an interesting load of the week. What's yours? My load of the week was exercise. (laughs) My load of the week was exercise because well, okay, not just exercise. We've spoke about this. Exercise is very good for you. But it's really annoying that it is good for you. It's yeah, it's actually very um, apt from what you said. I didn't realise that you were like starting to think about exercise again. Now you're starting your new job. But my load of the week is exercise when you've not exercised for a while. It should be easier, right? So I went for a run yesterday. I've not run in three years. I was quite good at it. So I could do um, I could do take ten k in under an hour, which is pretty good, right? So I thought I'll try and run, see if I can just like maybe do a bit over five k. And I did. I did six and a half K. And I feel like I've been through... Well, actually, I'll tell you what. I feel like I've camped out uh, in London on the concrete. <laughs> That's what I feel like. I and feel then, like a royalist. And because you're not a flag shacker... Shacker? Flag shacker. You've also been kicked to death by the police. Yes, yeah, I feel like I've tried to sleep in London on the concrete and then I've been, yeah, I've been dragged through <laughs> through the streets of London like Guy Fawkes. Um, so I think the problem is exercise is really good for you. It makes me feel really good. I, I like exercise and I'm one of those people that likes excelling at it. I like being really good at it. I get quite competitive. With I myself. like being really good at it. I'm just, just not. not. Just not. <laughs> Everyone likes being good at it. But yeah, I just, um, I just, I'm really. I can't go for runs, Rosie, because it makes me too prone to falling over. Yeah, you, it, occupational hazard for you. I don't think you should be allowed to run. Mm-hmm. I would fear for your life. <laughs> There's quite a lot of curbs. Yeah. <laughs> There's quite a lot of flags out there that you can fall into. Potholes. Potholes. All sorts of things. Treacherous out there it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, um, I'm gonna keep at it. I will do it again. But it's that first one, man. If you've not exercised for a while and you're thinking of doing it again. That first time's gonna feel like absolute dog shit and you're gonna feel like death, but we've just gotta keep trying. Just keep pushing through. Keep pushing through. Keep pushing through. Just like them cues at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Uh, We're gonna that go has now. been enough for Tanya today. Um you know where to find us. You know. All of our social media. If you medias. want to carry on listening. <laughs> Which you all might not. All of our links are in the description. Yes. Um, send us a DM. Yes, please do. We're trying. We're just trying, We're guys. Just trying. We're just trying. Okay. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.